This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Let's get Dan Kovacevich in from DK Pittsburgh Sports right now. Dan, DK, how are you doing? What's up, Boom? What's going on? Hey, you're a thoughtful guy. Before we get into the Penguin stuff, is, is the anthem an issue for you either way? Do you have a feeling on it? Well, when we're talking about hockey, we're anthemming plural, right? Yeah. Um, I, you know, I, I've covered five Olympics, and they don't play the anthem before any Olympic event. And I got to tell you, nothing's lost from the experience uh, without getting super political here on anybody uh, in one direction or the other. Um, it's not something that's always been part of North American sports. It kind of grafted in about, I want to say, 80 years ago and never really left. Uh, there are obviously people who respect it. And then there's, you know, there's people who don't feel like it should be part of sports, especially now that we're watching and monitoring protests, who's on their knee, who's not on their knee, who's doing this, who's doing that, who has their fist up in the air. Um, you know, it's become, uh, you know, more of a distraction than anything else. I, I think at least over the past year, maybe that'll change. Maybe it won't, but you know what, especially in hockey where you're talking about two anthems, I'm not sure I'd want to be the one that's breaking that precedent. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I hear you, but I don't disagree with you either. I don't need it. Others do. I, I don't think it's disrespectful to not play it, but such is life. Uh, let's get into the Pittsburgh Penguins. Before we talk about what happened and how it happened, I want to ask you this because we have to answer this first to know where we're going to. Uh, take away the hirings yesterday, and let's just focus on the team. What you've watched through the first month of the season, you factor in the salary cap situation, you factor in age, the farm system, lack of draft picks. Where do you believe the Pittsburgh Penguins are at right now as a hockey team? They're a mess. They're, they're an identity-less mess. Um, they really don't even feel like they have uh, a direction and believe it or not boom i'm just talking about on the ice uh, they've won five games somehow uh, most of those through overtime were shootouts and they actually played worse in a lot of those wins than they did in their losses their record should be significantly worse than it is um, that to me is not as much about mike sullivan as it is about this roster not really having its own sense of direction. Mike Sullivan has talked for years, including in the back-to-back -back Stanley Cups, about wanting to be hard to play against, hard to play against, hard to play against. Well, this team isn't that. This team doesn't have that. Other than you know, the occasional Brandon Tanev, there isn't a lot of that to this group. In fairness, in fairness, they've lost five of their opening day, six defensemen to injuries, three of them long-term. In fairness, their goaltending has been rotten. Tristan Jari and uh, and Casey DeSmith have combined for the second worst save percentage combined uh, in the NHL. Uh, only Ottawa has been worse. So there's other elements to it. When your GM walks out on you seven days or seven games into the season, uh, there's going to be even additional uncertainty so i think what was what happened here yesterday 
with the hirings, the dual hiring of Ron Hextall and Brian Burke, was that Mario Lemieux chiefly wanted everyone to know that, look, we're going to write this. May might not happen this season, although that's obviously the goal. But, you know, we're here. We're taking this seriously. We're not messing around. We'll see how they respond. Do you believe you know with certainty why Jim Rutherford decided to quit early this early in the season? I believe that only Jim Rutherford knows that with certainty. Uh, my belief, based on multiple conversations, including a couple more of those just yesterday, is that he wanted – he didn't want to walk out on somebody else's terms. And if he didn't have a contract beyond the coming June, which he didn't, and the onus was basically going to be on the team's performance. This is a 71-year-old guy who's accomplished an awful lot in the NHL. He's in the Hockey Hall of Fame, and he could probably have foreseen a situation where he'd get fired, and maybe that wasn't the last thing that he wanted to have happen in his career. So... He took the action that he did. Jim has always been impulsive. Now, my understanding additionally is that it's not that simple because it never could be, but that's the, that's the main thing. That's the primary thing. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Okay, so now here we are at hiring a general manager. And, and if, if you're going right up to Mario, you know, he's got to ask hard questions. The team has made a lot of long-term sacrifices for short-term gain. And at some point, looking at the product on the ice, like you've mentioned, you have to ask yourself, how much longer are we willing to kick the can down the road? But you got to sit under contract for five years, and that factors into everything. What do you believe went into Mario's decision, or what, does, what did Mario think the team needed going forward? Well, I'll say this first. Ron Hextall was hired by David Morehouse. That's legitimate. Uh, David Morehouse being the, the, the CEO and, and president. Mario came in, uh, kind of swooped in after that and said, what about Berkey? So they went back and they talked to Brian Burke and they created a position uh, for Burke to come in and be. It's president of hockey operations, which you know sounds a really, really big deal, but Ron Hextel is going to be running the show and Brian Burke is going to be there mostly to advise. Um, although you know Berkey well enough to know he's going to be involved, right? Uh, oh, yeah. What, what, what Mario wants to see more than anything else, and think about it, boom. You remember... 20, 30 years ago, every time a team got in trouble somewhere, when it, when it looked like it didn't have enough fire passion, what would they do? Let's hire Mike Keenan. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Every, Mike Keenan was the antidote to every team that had a bad shift, never mind a bad game. Oh, we're just going to go get Keenan. Well, Brian Burke is that guy now, if you think about it. 
teams aren't performing well enough, whatever. Wow, we're going to get Burke. Well, okay, here's Burke. Uh, I can tell you right now that if Ron Hextall and or Brian Burke had sat in a press box and watched some of the garbage hockey I've seen the Pittsburgh Penguins play through 11 games, including from an effort standpoint, they would have blown their gaskets a million times over. I have a feeling that this is what Mario is doing right now. This is the part that does come down from Mario. Uh, he is, he's a quiet, not visible, not vocal owner, but boy, is he engaged. I mean, he, he lives and breathes uh, for his hockey team and he sees everything. And of course he sees it as a different, le- he sees it at a different level uh, than a lot of us do. Uh, do you believe uh, the new general manager Hextall has autonomy to make whatever move, how big he thinks he needs to make, or does he have an initiative that is, uh, there are certain guys that are untouchable. There are legends that are part of this roster that are going to stay that way. Well, uh, Sid is in his own bracket. So Sid, Sid does not fit into any pluralization of legends or anything else. Sidney Crosby isn't going anywhere. Um, like you said, five years and he's Sid, you know, Uh, I just feel like that still needs to be said. Uh, Evgeny Malkin and Chris Letang, if that's what you're talking about, and I'm sure you are, um, what you would have to have is a conversation. But if Ron Hextall makes a compelling argument for one or both to be gone, I think of Mario's history and and also Ron Burkle, his co-owner, and they will listen and they will accede and they will trust you right up until they don't. So my feeling is that if Ron Hextall wanted to move one or both or, or really anyone on the roster other than Sid, that he could. Um, they, you don't bring in, if you think about it, strong-willed people unless you have that mindset. Think back to the early 90s when Craig Patrick, I'm going way back here now, boom, when Craig Patrick hired Badger Bob Johnson and Scotty Bowman to come and be part of his management team. He basically surrounded himself with potential successors, right? What ended up happening? A year later, the Penguins win their first Stanley Cup. The year after that, they win another one after Badger tragically passed and, and Scotty took over behind the bench. All he wanted to do was to surround himself with good, strong-willed, smart hockey people. That's a tradition the Penguins have taken seriously. They invoked it again yesterday. Uh, they spoke about it openly. This is what they want to do. And when you do that, you, again, you're not really you're not worried about who who can I control here? Who can I puppeteer? Do you have any uh, theories, DK, uh, on why Malkin, who you mentioned earlier, uh, has looked so lethargic to start the season? Yes, I do. He's not in shape. Plain and simple. Yeah. Plain and simple. Uh, he wasn't able to get himself for whatever reason. You know, I'm not following him around in the off season through Russia and Florida and everywhere else that he goes, but he didn't show up for training camp in optimal NHL game shape. And, and with the length of these training camps, I mean, you were never going to make up for that. You just weren't, you know, uh, I don't think it's any coincidence for that matter. Boom. That when this season started, some of the lesser teams in the NHL came out with a lot more energy, and a lot more fire. I'm talking like even Ottawa and Detroit and so forth. Do you remember that? Their first couple of games. Mm-hmm. Why? Cause they got the, yeah, they got the extra two, three games in, um, you know, teams like Pittsburgh and most of the league that, you know, the, the, the playoff group didn't, and you couldn't 
have assumed that that should have been the case. So Malkin had an obligation to have himself in better shape. What happened to him last season, boom, when he led the NHL in five-on-five points per game, more than McDavid, more than McKinnon, more than anybody, was that his legs were on fire. He was fantastic. He was flying. Really, there isn't much science to this. He's trying, at least for the most part right now, but it isn't happening. You know, legs feed the wolf, as Herbie used to say. Uh, Last one for you, DK. Um, Mike Sullivan was a Jim Rutherford hire. We have a new administration in place now, and the team's underachieving. Uh, Would he be on a short lease, or you're not sure about how Hextall feels there? I, well, you, we, we can't be sure. I mean, Hextall just walked in the door. He didn't even meet Sullivan until today uh, at, at, at practice at Cranberry. So there, there's not we, – we can't be sure of anything. However, if you think about it from another perspective, when a GM comes in, a new GM comes in, they always have that inherited coach that they can at some point or other fire when things are going bad. But you don't, you don't want to play that card too often because then the fingers start pointing back at you. Uh, Mike Sullivan is an accomplished coach. I think he's a terrific coach. I really do. I think the world of the guy. Uh, and I haven't thought that about a lot of Penguins coaches over the years. I, I think this guy is, is, a, is a star in this league. And the Penguins would be crazy to get rid of him. But when a team tunes you out, and I'm not saying that they have. they have, like, like I rattled off earlier, they've got other issues. Um, then the GM is left with no choice. But it, as far as something being preordained, no, I mean, think about how long Ron Hextall stood by Dave Hextall in Philadelphia. It might have been his undoing in Philly, right? But that was his guy. He, he hired Dave Hextall. I know it was his guy, but he really, really stood by him. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It's his guy, and, and it's, a, it's a different setting. Uh, I just think these guys are going to be very impressed with Sully when they come in. Um, but the players have to get the message. The players have to understand – why this happened, and why it came all the way from the top. Uh, and we'll see if they respond differently. They've shown signs of late boom. They had a pretty good game against uh, the Islanders the other night in Uniondale. Didn't get the result. But there's something there. Look at this roster boom. Tell me, I mean, what, what's the fatal flaw here? You know, they have really good hockey players on it. DK, sometimes I worry that great warriors only have so many fights in them. And, uh, That's- so good you're so good boom that's so good that's actually it you know that that was part of the stuff that jim rutherford was saying too you know when you when you win cups i always think back to marvin Hagler, the great fighter uh middleweight who said uh talking about having success continued success after you've already had success and his famous quote was he said it's hard to get out of bed at six in the morning when you're sleeping in silk pajamas and i i just sometimes think when you've already made a lot of money and you've won some cups, I mean, what's the motivation to get out of bed? Tom Brady can do it, but that's because he's Tom Brady. There just aren't many Tom Bradys. And after you win a couple cups, can you be as hungry as your opponents are to chase the next cup? Sometimes that's not easy. It's not easy, but that's what makes a Sidney Crosby special. And we've seen him win championship after championship and gold medal after gold medal, but he can't do it alone. He can't have X number of, of passengers or guys that aren't all that way, the way you just described. Okay, I got a wrap. I got 30 seconds left. Are you 100% convinced Big Ben is back next year? 
I'm about 98% convinced. 90. Uh, uh, let's put it this way. He, he gets paid $15 million just for showing up at the office in one day in March. I think he's coming back. Uh, you're making me feel better. DK, thank you so much for the time. Always appreciate it. <laughs> All right, boom. Take care.